podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi everybody and welcome back to the Gallagher Shots YouTube channel and podcast. We are back with another match reaction, this time for the Champions League draw against PSG. I am your host tonight, Chris, joined by Ian and Daniel. Boys, I think we've got a lot to get off with chess, so we're going to dive straight into it. Um, I'll start with you, Dan. Um, I think we'll pretty much uh, assume that what the starting 11 was going to be. Anyhow, doesn't have much option there at this moment in time. So I think we'll all guess that it was going to be the same start 11, uh, which obviously played against Chelsea. Only possible change could have probably been Lewis Hall, but that was never going to happen uh, with obviously the game that Tino had. So you were involved on the match preview as well. And there was a couple of comments on the match preview with it, saying that you lads are negative and, and, and things like that. And, and yes, you, you've got to have a, a sense of realism, um, but you should be a little bit more upbeat when it comes to Newcastle United as well. Um, if we're looking at the game overall, Dan, do you think now we should have probably been a little bit more hopeful in the lads? Because they're decent, aren't they? Oh, I've never... Well, this was a sort of one of the strange things that I thought about it because I sort of went on a couple of minute uh, sort of speech about how amazing we've done like what we've achieved is absolutely class we're a pot four team and we are mixing it in the group of death we are sixth in the league when i think for anyone that watched the documentary uh on amazon one of the things that they said was how teams drop off as soon as they have to compete in europe we saw that leicester won the league and nearly got relegated the next year um teams drop off when it comes to this standard and other teams know how to play against them so that's something that is that is to be expected when it comes to this level, and yet we aren't really falling foul of it so much. So I am I'm, I am a realist. I think that we've done exceptionally well. I said that we've done well so far, but we're going away to a team who, in the two home games, won two nil and three nil respectively uh, against teams that we haven't beat yet. So. Yeah, it was there was a sense of realism there. I also said that we have to go in with excitement for the game. I've not been here in so long. I still went in excited. I still go in believing we can win. But when I've got to come out in public and articulate thought over feelings, sometimes you've got to go, well, look, you've got to put line these ducks up in a row. Also, I said we'd batter Dortmund twice. And look, what, <laughs> <laughs> look, look what's happened there. That is true. Um, Ian, just to quickly go through uh, the game itself, because once again, the people tuning into this are probably tuning in for one certain thing which happened in the game. Um, but I think we knew that it was going to be backs against the wall for a lot of that game. Um, PSG, a great squad, even more so at home as well. Um, and probably the thought, thought they need to get one up on us after we embarrassed them at St. James's Park. And it certainly started that way as well. Um, Newcastle had to weather a storm for a little bit. 
Yeah, the first, I think within the first 40 seconds, I had two crosses that went in that looked a bit dangerous. And obviously, the, the, the first couple of minutes, you expect teams to come out of the box, particularly at home, particularly when it's PSG. Um, I personally didn't think they would they would be able to keep that sort of tempo up. Um, and then I got sort of 10 minutes in and, and it just felt like it was going to be a long, long afternoon or a long, long evening. Um I can't. I think it was around about eight minutes when Mbappe did that sort of like flick and Pope saved. It was absolutely remarkable save, by the way. Um, and I think yeah. he, Nick Pope, was probably man of the match for me last night. Um, and we'll maybe touch on some of uh, some of his other saves. But I thought throughout the first half, although PSG had the sort of the most of it, um, I felt like we were quite clever with how we approached it. Obviously, given that the the same. 11 pretty much played, I'd say, a good three quarters plus on Saturday against Chelsea. That same 11 are probably going to have to play 90 minutes uh, against Man U on Saturday. I thought we were quite clever in, in sort of setting the traps and when to press and when not to press. And obviously got a good chance, I think it was around about 15 minutes in with Isaac. Um, again, Almiron presses him, um, presses really well in the corner. I think that's, that's off Bikini. Nicks it, puts the ball in, and he, he skies it. Yeah. I think think he might have froze. Um, Daniel, that, that's yep. the high press. I was like, was that, that me that's frozen? Lot, <laughs> no, that, that, that high press. Which... Fuck knows what just happened there. <laughs> we've, we've learned to, to, to see this from, from Eddie Howe's high press, isn't it? And and that was a prime example of what happens when we push up the field. Miggy nicks the ball. He, he's just relentless at the ankles. Um, and, and he wins the ball back. It's a great ball in from Miggy as well. He's actually probably be doing a little bit better, but obviously it, it, it's tough. Yeah, I think he's got to hit the target at the very least. But it's came at him quick. It's tough to get over it, especially when he's quite lanky. But I think him looking back on that, probably feel he has to hit the target. But it's also worth remembering that if that goes in, nothing else happens in the game the same way again. That's how things work. Uh, so it's not a case of, oh, you know, we should be 2-0 up because it happened prior. If that one goes in, then it's a completely different game. And the... The first goal that we did score doesn't happen in the same way that it does. Uh, so it's, it's one of them. Um, I think for me, probably a little bit more frustrating was that second half, the very, very beginning of the second half where he's been played through beautifully, such a well-weighted ball. And he dallies, he tries to go left and right, and he's too clever. I think Ali McCoy said it perfectly on commentary. He, he's got his half a yard. He earned that half a yard. Put your foot through it. We know that you can kick a ball, just do it, chance you're on. It can fly into the top corner. We saw Fabian Cher do it in the in the home game. But you know the keeper saves it. The keeper has been really poor. He was really poor on Friday night in the in the league against Monaco. He was he was had a howler for our goal. He might parry it right back out to you. He might mm. he might make a worldly save and it goes out for a corner. He might miss, but who knows? I think you've earned your half a yard put your foot through it and just see what happens. I think that one was, for me, more frustrating than the first miss. Yeah, you, you mentioned uh, the, the, the Kibaz error, which, which led to our goal. Um, Miggy takes the shot, 
Uh, Miggy does well to, to get the shot away. Then, then the keeper just parries it in the air away. You're probably not supposed to parry it to Ian. And it's bread and butter for Isaac. But then, then credit to Isaac for being aware that that chance could possibly fall to him. He's the first one to react. He's in there on the six-yard box. Thank you very much. Newcastle 1-0 up. And at that point, Ian, I'm on cloud now. You know, I'm thinking, we saw what, what what happens to PSG when they go a goal down and they can crumble. And I was expecting exactly that to happen again. I'm not sure what, what you thought at that point. Um, I couldn't quite believe that I had, had taken the lead, quite frankly. Um, I, I went in not optimistic in, in this game at all. Um like I say, I'm, I'm, apologies if I cut out before. No idea what's going on with my Wi-Fi. It's back in the uh, the nuclear bunker. But um, yeah, I thought I thought the, the the goal was really well worked. I think Tino does very very well. Um, sort of, he holds on to the ball for it seems like five minutes and just runs across their box. Miggy gets it. What I really liked was Miley's movement. He sort of runs off Miggy and takes. I, I think it was uh, Hernandez takes him sort of out of the equation. So Miggy can get his shot off. Um, so it's a really well worked goal. And I thought after that, I thought what well, tails were up a little bit. Um, obviously, we didn't create a, a huge amount of chances after that. Um, it, there was that ball that went over the top. Isaac's chasing, and I think it is. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm Skriniar, I think uh, for, he, he defends it well, but I think he gets a bit fortunate because he, he rolls over the ball um, and literally holds onto it and. Obviously, we'll we'll come to come to it in a second. I don't know how that's not looked at. Um, Isaac's going ballistic, but I think on another day, if it falls right for Isaac there, that that's two 0 and that's that's a long way to come back. Even if you are PSG at home, um, just with how resolute we are. But um, yeah, I, I, I went in sort of half time, um, very very impressed with it. But it, my concern was obviously the second half, which. It was just like the Alamo from about 60, 65 minutes onwards. And then because we had no one on the bench, it was you could tell it was just people were running through treacle by the end of it and they looked absolutely knackered. It, it, it was relentless. And, and I just want to go back a second there to, to the the event which happened just before halftime, what Ian highlighted there as well, where um, obviously PSG player uh, that, that falls on the, on the deck there and... It it does the, the ball stops movement towards Isaac because of his hands there. Obviously, would know for fine well it is accidental. You can't really prevent that from happening. But I honestly thought that that could have been given as a free kick there. If I'm being completely honest with you, no intentional whatsoever. Of course, I'm not saying that there was, but that's a goal scoring opportunity from Isaac if that ball's allowed to run. I think for the rules. Um, it's not a handball because the ball's on the deck. Uh, Srinyar's making a falling motion and he has to put his hand down and the ball's caught between his hand and the ground. He's not made a legit, like, uh, mm. an actual attempt to get it. Like a swipe. I, I think according to the rules, it's the right decision not to give a foul or anything like that. Um, but we know we don't play by the rules in this game. <laughs> but it, this is it, and this is it. Um... It's hard to keep your head when you see the rule later on. That, that mm-hmm. that's obviously all of our frustration. But I also think it's important to try and not let emotion take over and to see individual incidents as they happen and as they come, and to say, "Look, I genuinely do not think that's a free kick because of the rules." Yeah. Just like I don't think Tino's is a handball because of the rules. 
uh, in. It's just, mm. it's a bit I pill to swallow in the end. Um, I thought Srinjar did quite yeah. well to recover. And yeah, he's got a, he's got lucky. He has got lucky in the end as he's fallen on at the ball. But I, can you imagine if that was given against us? I mean, we're all kicking off because of the Tino thing, rightly so, absolutely rightly so. Yeah. Can you imagine if that happened against us? We'd all be kicking off with that. And I think it's important to take that um, into consideration for context. Yeah, of course it is. Um, before we get on to, to that talking point uh, with, with the Tino handball as well, I don't want any credit to be taken away from from what the lads did in the second half because that was a defensive display that should be displayed in a museum. It was phenomenal. Um, Nick Pope was unbelievable. Um, I know Nick Pope has came under a lot of criticism for for his distribution of the ball. Uh, we saw it again in the PSG game where it goes out of touch, but Jesus Christ, did he make up for it last night with, with the, the saves that he was pulling off because every single one of those, Daniel, was top draw. Every single one of them. And like Ian said, man yeah. of the match performance for Nick Pope. I don't disagree with the man of the match shout. I think it's a. I think, ironically enough, it's a tough call, probably between him and Tino. Um, I thought mm. I thought the pair of them were exceptional. I thought I thought Trippier how he dealt with Mbappe in the first half was magnificent. I thought I thought a lot of them were. I thought I was I was actually again quite critical of Lascelles at the weekend. His overall performance, I know he scored, and then he's turned out a performance like that against PSG. I thought he was that was that was that might be the best he's played. I thought he was so good. And they've created a lot of chances. We did ride our luck. But also, Nick Pope trains every day to make those saves. And we know what he's about in terms of his shot stop. Yeah. We know that that's his strength. Um, so there's nothing to be surprised about in that respect. But then even that one save in the second half, I thought it was in. I, the commentator thought it was in. I was wondering why the ball, like the net wasn't bulging. I thought my glasses were dirty, or is this an optical illusion? <laughs> and then you see it's it's wide, and I had to watch it again to just understand how that's happened. It was absolutely sensational. Uh, like it's, I said, it's I, an instinctive save, isn't it? It comes off his knee. Yeah, and I, I agree with you. The the Mbappe save with his legs is really underrated. How many times you see that go through a keeper's legs? They're just slow to react. Yeah. I think Mbappe has made the wrong decision there to try that fancy flick. I understand why a lot of players would try that in that situation, but I think he's got time to just hit it, to be honest. Mm. Uh, trying to be a bit too clever, and Nick Pope's done really, really well with it. Uh, we did concede a lot of chances. I think on the balance of play, they, if we're being honest, they could have scored. They missed two or three absolute howlers mm. uh, that that went basically went wide. They went wider over the bar. Um, so we're all a look in that sense. But I think sometimes you earn your look and people will look at... I mean, I've seen people on Twitter with XG this and XG that, which XG is a useful tool in certain circumstances. It's beneficial across a number of games, not one. Um, but when you consider the context behind it, 16 players out, uh, we had one day less rest than PSG because the French... Football Association allow them to play on the Friday. Yeah. Uh, we have not been able to name all substitutes. We have two of those being goalkeepers. We've got Walls End Boys Club on the bench. For them to do what they did and to have that spirit and to just basically go back to old school defending, throwing your body on the line, the commitment, regardless of what happened, you, you feel nothing but pride for them. That, that's got to be mentally drained as well, Daniel. I don't think many 
people have been highlighting this because those lads going into that game probably knew they were going to have to dig deep for a full 90 minutes plus and, and the chances of a substitution coming on the field was slim to none unless it, it was an injury or something like that. Eddie Howe's probably made them aware that lads, I'm depending on you tonight to, to get us through this because like you mentioned, X amount of players injured down to the bare bones and that's what makes that defensive display their performance even more spectacular for me. Known for fine, well, they are, they are drained. I think it was 10 minutes into the second half. Anthony Gordon just looked like he was running in mud. He looked yeah. absolutely I, shattered. And he still goes on and lasts another 40 minutes after that. Yeah. The, it was just really impressive from, from all of them. I do think that maybe Lewis Hall could have came on for one of the forward players and played in that position mm-hmm. just to help for legs. But also, he is defensively sound. You, don't, you, you wouldn't want to bring him on for a fullback. You wouldn't want him up against Mbappe or, or Dembele. I think you, I think you get. Eddie Howe addressed that, didn't he? I think I think that question was asked to Eddie Howe after the game, and and he said they were defending so well, he felt as if by bringing somebody else on in that sort of position could have ruined the whole dynamics of what yeah, was happening. You definitely well would not want to do that. PSG. But I'd back him. I'd back him to track Lucas Hernandez. Or maybe even a key mixer. I I think for me, Miggy looked injured. From he got two whacks from Ugar. I think on. I think for one of them. I think he should have been. I thought I personally thought it should be two good ones. Um, the I first agree. one and the second. But you got you got the the second one was a horrible whack, and he looked like he was struggling. Fair play to Miggy for continuing for the for the full game. Um, but I feel like not because of his performance. I thought Miggy was outstanding, absolutely outstanding last night. But just for his own. Health and to get a, to get about the pitch, it looked like he was really struggling. I perhaps would have brought Lewis Hall on at right mm. wing personally, just to track Lucas Hernandez. And also, we can punt it long and he can chase it because Isak was was tired up front. We couldn't get out, and I just thought that could have been something. That's a, I mean, that's a nitpick and a half, isn't it? Um, yeah. yeah. Overall, it's in ultimately, I probably would have, like I said two 0 before the game. No other team's got a, got a sniff when they were there. Like we'll have to take the positives out out of everything, um, including the performance. And Lewis Miley doing what he did. Mm. I think it's also worth noting the cost of like their subs that they were bringing on. The Charlo Ramos on the bench, I'm sure he's eighty million quid or something from Benfica. They got Asensio on a free, but from Real Madrid, Asensio scored in the Champions League final. He's a quality player. He had a, he actually had a bad game when he came on, but it's because he's he's just came back from injury at the start of the season. He was their top goal scorer when everyone else wasn't performing. So he's a good player. And they had other players to bring on that of, you know, the player for the French champions, the very good players. And we had to contend with that. So nothing but nothing but pride. And overall, actually, before the game, if you said, Dan, 1-1 away at Paris, I'd snap your hand off. Of course you would. I think every fan was in the same thoughts, but of course you're going to take that result. Um, but obviously the way that the result panned out... Towards yeah. the end of the game, that then obviously that that's the main main talking point, and the main concern, and let let's just talk about it now. Um, so when I saw it happen in real time, okay, when I, when I see it happen, I thought yes, it, it's a penalty because from, from from that angle which we could see, the ball just hits his hand, okay. okay. Then when the referee gets called over VR, and we see the replays, as soon as I see that ball hit his chest then move on to his hand. I called out. I started celebrating. I was going, get in, that's not a penalty. There's no chance that's a penalty getting awarded. Little did I know that 
the referee hadn't really done his job properly. And despite a very similar instant happening earlier on in the game, he's obviously called over to the monitor to review this one. And yeah. it doesn't take him long to make his decision. And he points to the penalty spot in the 98th minute of the game. What's your thought process there? Are you as, as spitting feathers like me? Because I was not happy when that got awarded. Um, yeah, when I first saw it, I, I thought it was one of them. I was like, who is he going to give that? But I didn't think it was a pen because of proximity. He's lashed it at him from less than a yard away. And he's, he's put a ball in and he's just running and it's hit his arm. Um, but I know how fickle referees can be. And I just thought, oh, he's running away. It's fine. And then they said the VAR watch. And I thought, well, it's the same as the, it'll be the same as the Miley one. So he, oh, he's actually going to go over. I thought, oh, here we go. It must, it must be clear as day pen. Exactly the same as you. See the replay. And I'm like, that's not a pen. Ali McCoy's, no way is that a pen. I'm like, it's not a pen. Come on, lads. He points to the spot. And I think I was too confused to be angry. I, I was very apathetic towards mm. it. I was like, I can't really quite comprehend this. Uh, again, I felt earlier on with Rodar look at times, missed a couple of sitters, and I just thought, it was as soon as they put eight minutes up, I just thought, oh, God, here we go. This is it, isn't it? And it's, it seemed I, to be people haven't really paid, paid much attention to that, Daniel, the eight minutes which were added on, because, yes, well, we normally like, see big chunks of spots on. Where did that come from? We, we, uh, like, if, if we had made our, our substitution, that, yeah... Yeah, that, that was it. That, that was the only thing that, that took a little bit down. Nick Pope was, was testing, trying his luck towards the end of the game. Um, but eight yeah. minutes was crazy. Absolutely crazy. Yeah, it's the second time we've been done by eight minutes as well, isn't it? Liverpool last year. Uh, Aye. I wasn't going to mention that, mate. <laughs> it's a, it's an, oh, so, yeah, it was a sick, it was an absolute sickener when I was watching it. And I couldn't believe, I, I couldn't believe it, it happened. And I just thought, is this going to be one of them where it's in doubt, not in doubt? I don't know why it, it made me feel better seeing basically everyone that isn't a PSG fan or an Arsenal fan agree with us. Like a lot of them have went, oh yeah, um, you've been robbed. And I just thought, well, that happens in football. It does happen. We've been robbed before. We'll be robbed again. We've had good decisions against teams. And I think it's sickening. It's absolutely sickening. But I th- we've all commended Eddie Howe for how he's behaved afterwards with his post-match interview. Isak as well. You know, have to yeah. trust the officials. I haven't seen it. And I think if we commend our manager and our player for behaving in that way, then I think it's important that we also behave in that way. We can say the referee got it wrong. He's had a mare. Let's move on. We've got Man United yeah. in the weekend. And let's take our anger and frustration and put it into the crowd at St. James's Park on Saturday night. Um, and because we need the win at Milan, which I'm sure we'll talk about later, but um, yeah. because we need that, I feel like the fans are more focused. They'll be more focused on, we've just got to win this game, no if, but or maybe, you know, instead of this... Oh, we we'll need a draw. Do you play for a draw? Do you go for the win? All these sort of questions. Are we nervous? It's just, it's not in our hands. Go for the win. Mm. Just that single-minded thought. And people want optimism. Mathematically, obviously, it's done us no favours. But I think in terms of mentality-wise, one problem with us, I find at times, is it is a fan base and as a team, 
is when we don't know whether to stick or twist. We're sold at Liverpool when we're one up against 10 men when we came out. We didn't know whether we were going to defend it or attack it. We kind of got caught in the middle, got caught out. When we're single-minded and driven, and the fans don't have to think too much about, well, oh, should we get this win? Should we get the... Should we play it for the draw and go through? It's just now we need to win. This is it. This is it. This is it. I feel as a team and as a fan base, we are much better mentally for that. Just go for it. And again, mathematically, it's in a worse position, but I think mentally we this can be a positive. And we'll have to yeah. see it. That we're, we can't change the result. We can't change the decision. We can piss and moan as much as we want. But all we've done is laugh at Arsenal for the last three weeks for them still crying about a subjective decision. Let's be better than that. Let's follow our manager, who we all absolutely adore, and have a bit of dignity about it and just get behind the lads for the next game. But it's have a disgraceful decision. Have you ever seen that, that, that sort of reaction globally, though, from media outlets, presenters, ex-professionals, fans, whoever it may be, where every well, single player in person is in agreement Ironically enough, I blame myself for this, Chris. So I'm sorry to every single <laughs> fan for this. Um, after our goal, I tweeted a poll. Who would you rather have in their prime? Livramento or Diego Maradona? And I didn't mean it in terms of controversial handballs. Um, I And that's probably, that's that's the time that springs to mind when Diego Maradona handballed in yeah. there. So I feel like I've manifested some bad juju there. I'm really sorry, everyone. I just meant it because he mugged off six Parisians. But, um, yeah, it's very rare that you get a decision that is globally just like... A, even lots of like PSG fans have just kept quiet about it. It's mainly Arsenal fans who are still bitter about the, um, mm. the Joe Linton shove, I think, is what they've all settled on as the, the main issue for that goal. Um, and they're two totally different situations anyway. Um, but, yeah, it, yeah. It, it's, I think it does soften the, ball, the blow a little bit. Like, that... We don't feel like we're crazy. No one's gaslighting us into thinking, oh, of course it was a penalty. It's just, look, you were robbed. Okay, let's move on. Mm. I don't know how you feel it was, about you know, it. Is, it was, well, it was, great. it was great to see the emotion from, from Ali McGoist as well, because everything he was saying was what I was thinking and screaming at the same time as well. <laughs> yeah. And did, the, the way he handles the Eddie Howe um, reaction afterwards, the interview afterwards, it, is great. He literally says the words so Eddie Howe doesn't have to say them. And yeah. it's him and Jermaine James that say, no, no, don't worry about that. We'll, we'll obviously throw the criticism here. You yeah. just obviously go along with what we're saying in that interview. It's great. <laughs> Eddie Howe, just, it's kind of little backhand digs, which he's doing at the official, so he'll probably get away with that. Um, yeah. But do you know what it is? We're back in a situation where I don't want to, I don't necessarily want to use the Arsenal game and, and the goal against Arsenal as the comparison here, because like we said, that was subjective. Of course it was. Um, that, that was just an opinion. We have literally just been robbed of a decision there. A decision that, that's knocked us down that group, which has put our chances of qualifying a hell of a lot harder now. Of course it has. Um it's it, it's it's a really tough one to take. It really wasn't. Do you know what it is last night after the game? I thought, go to bed, sleep it off. And it took us ages to get to sleep because it was just keep going round and round. And this morning I wake up feeling exactly the same as well. So God knows how the players feel. Yeah. Um Eddie Howe obviously said they're feeling flat. I, I hope they're not. Like, I appreciate why they'd feel flat, but they were, they were excellent. I think um, we all love them. And, you know, Tino put out, oh, thank you for coming. 
didn't get the results, sorry, blah, blah, blah. And everyone's just positivity, positivity, no negativity towards yeah. those players. Um, they know they were robbed. And I think sometimes there's a resilience in that. I think sometimes when you know you've been hard done by, you come together and you're closer and you've got that extra extra bite in the next game. So you have to turn it into positive. You can sit there and cry, lick your wounds, um, or you can or you can come out fighting. And I think this is a group of players that that would do that. I was exactly the same as you, Chris. I went I was I was knackered. I went to the gym, uh, watched the game by half time, all the endorphins from the gym had worn off and I was I was shattered, my legs had gone. I was absolutely exhausted. Um went to bed at about midnight, half twelve. I didn't get a seatbelt call at four. Yeah. <laughs> I was absolutely shattered. And I, again, I was just, I was thinking about the whole game, thinking about the incident, thinking about the permutations, thinking about what could happen with this mini existential crisis in bed. And it's one of them where it's out of our hands, not, not in terms of club, but like even as, as fans, like it, it, it's done. We have to try and use it as fuel for the fire for the next few games. I think you've summed well, up perfectly. Right you, you've summed up perfectly. And I, I think I hope people are listening or watching to this one. Didn't didn't come along just for, for us to be absolutely spitting at the camera and, and kicking right off because the ref shite, he's shite. exactly exactly you're not going to get that obviously we've, we've seen the, the the video official has been dropped anyway so he was was yeah, going he duty was, as well so he's been dropped so, like, exactly awful but they've handled that we know nothing's going to ever happen going forward in regards to that game it's done it's happened we need to move on we need to like you said we need to channel that anger and frustration now as a fan base and as a football club as well into the next game being man united then again when ac milan come to town as well and i just hope that that has give people listening and watching this that at a slightly other angle to it as well that we've just got to to do exactly the same as what the players or the squad what the, the the club have done and what eddie howe has done as well and and just yeah just hold our head up high and, and realize we gave them a good game. We, we we almost almost took all three points in a stadium where, where they are in a fantastic football club, and because yeah. of a a refereeing error, a, a huge refereeing error, that's what's killed it for us, and that's where we we have to take pride in those lads because the eleven lads that were on the field were absolutely magnificent. They were legends. Then, I absolutely class. It's it's a there was a great it was a great night. That's what we're here for. We want to be involved in these games, and it's just context is so important. With where what we're going through as a as a as a club in terms of the injuries and suspensions at the minute, the fact that look, we know we know we're a class, but let's be honest, we're a fourth pot team. As I mentioned earlier, we see how teams drop off anyway with a full squad, and we're up in the group of death. And for us to be going into the match, if 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 I said before the group start when when we were all doing that. Um, the reaction from the group got drawn like, oh, like I was celebrating, I was crying, what's going on? If I said to you, Chris, right, match day six, we get through to match day six, and we'll have to win the game, but we've got a chance of going through the the next round, would you take it? Yeah, of course you would. Everyone would bite your hand off. And it's a it's the manner in which this has happened that is wound us all up. Yeah. But it's happened and it's time to move on. And that's that's all we can do. And it's it's sickening, but you have to do it. It's a killer. It's an absolute killer. Um, thanks, everybody, who has been joining us for this one. Uh, thanks very much. Uh, we will be back for more match uh, 
predictions as well. Obviously, we've got Man United coming up at the weekend, eight o'clock kickoff for that one as well. So, fingers crossed that the, the, the lads will be full of positivity uh, going into that game as well. And this result hasn't flattened them too much. Um, like I said, we will be back with that match preview as well uh, and plenty more stuff coming. Um, thanks for watching, everybody. We'll see you next time. Ta-ra. Yeah. Social Podcast Network.